Greetings and salutations, my fellow plebs. My name is Walker, and this is The Bitcoin Podcast. It's Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin block height is 796307, and the value of one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. This is my first episode, so thank you for joining. Each week, I'll do a few short and sweet episodes like this to keep you up to date on Bitcoin and Bitcoin-adjacent news. And every so often, I'll sprinkle in an interview with someone I want to learn from. For now, let's dive right into the big stories of the week. First up, who wants to be a Bitcoin ETF? It seems like everyone and their mother is hopping on the Bitcoin ETF train. BlackRock, Fidelity, Valkyrie, Invesco, WisdomTree, Bitwise, and ARK. Oh my. Ah, and don't forget Grayscale is currently battling with the SEC to get their ETF approved. Whatever your thoughts on these organizations, one thing is clear. Institutional money is coming. I'm just glad I'll be able to tell my future children I was in Bitcoin before BlackRock. While there's clearly new institutional money coming into play, some institutional money has been here for quite a while. And I think you know who I'm talking about because MicroStrategy continues to gobble up cheap sats from weak hands. This morning, Michael Saylor tweeted that, MicroStrategy has acquired an additional 12,333 BTC for approximately $347 million at an average price of $28,136 per Bitcoin. As of June 27, 2023, MicroStrategy hodls 152,333 BTC acquired for approximately $4.52 billion at an average price of $29,668 per Bitcoin. And this is pretty wild, because as Bitcoin Archive pointed out on Twitter, today's purchase of 12,333 Bitcoin for $347 million by MicroStrategy is the biggest it has made in 737 days, when it bought $489 million worth of Bitcoin at an average price of $37,617. And this was back in June 2021. So at this point, MicroStrategy is basically a Bitcoin ETF with the added bonus that they're actively building Bitcoin solutions for corporations on top of Lightning. It's like a Bitcoin ETF with laser eyes and diamond hands, if you will. Now, closing out our big stories, don't prime trust, verify. As this prime trust saga continues to unfold, many are understandably panicking. And it's also amazing how every Bitcoiner on Twitter suddenly became an expert on clawbacks overnight. I am not an expert on trust law or clawbacks, so I'm not going to speak to that. All I'll say in the matter is this. The big takeaway here is nothing new. Not your keys, not your coins. Don't trust, verify. You've heard these mantras. You've probably tweeted these mantras. But did you listen to your own advice? Take your Bitcoin off exchanges. Take self-custody. Take control. That's what Bitcoin is for. My heart obviously goes out to anyone who has lost Bitcoin due to the negligence and or potentially nefarious activity of Prime Trust. But if Prime Trust really did lose all that Bitcoin, then at least we can all thank them for burning some of the total supply. There are only going to be 21 million Bitcoin, and it looks like that available supply just got a little bit smaller. Now for some more rapid-fire Bitcoin news. Hong Kong's biggest bank, HSBC, to offer Bitcoin ETF to customers, and this is the first bank in Hong Kong to do this. 
Bitcoin miners are currently recording extremely high exchange interaction, meaning that yesterday they sent an all-time high of about $128 million worth of Bitcoin to exchanges, which is equivalent to 315% of their daily revenue. This is according to data from Glassnode. The government of Georgia aims to be a, quote, global powerhouse in Bitcoin in a new partnership with Tether. Volatility Shares 2x Bitcoin Strategy ETF, BITX, and this is the first leveraged Bitcoin ETF in the U.S., started trading on Tuesday with $5.5 million worth of volume on its first day, according to data from Bloomberg. And finally, Jack Dorsey quote tweets Noster iOS client Damas asking, why doesn't Apple Pay support Bitcoin, Tim Cook? Why indeed? And speaking of Noster, to wrap up today's show, I wanted to give you a little bit of Noster news because it is undoubtedly Bitcoin adjacent. Noster iOS client Damas has announced that it will be changing the way they handle Zaps to comply with a ridiculous App Store guideline from Apple. Zaps are Bitcoin tips or donations on Noster, made possible by the power of the Bitcoin Lightning Network. So think about it like instead of giving a meaningless like to someone's post on Twitter, which can easily be spammed by bots, on Noster you can zap them a few satoshis if you find their note to be valuable. Now to clarify, you are not paying for digital content, and you are not receiving anything in return for your zap. You are simply acknowledging that you found someone's note valuable, and you want to give value back. Unfortunately, Apple doesn't see it this way. Here's the message they sent to Damas developer JB55, aka Will, aka Bill, yesterday. Hello, Bill. Thank you for your time on the phone today. As we discussed, we found that your submission does not comply with the following guideline. Guideline 3.1.1, Business, Payments, In-App Purchase. We noticed that your app allows users to send, quote, tips, called, quote, zaps, associated with receiving content from digital content creators with a mechanism other than an in-app purchase directly within the content feed of your app. While it may be okay to allow users to tip digital content creators from their user profile page using methods other than in-app purchase, when the tip is associated with the digital content from the creator and would require an in-app purchase as the only payment mechanism. Although tips or donations may be optional, if they are connected to or associated with receiving digital content, they must use in-app purchase in accordance with guideline 3.1.1. Next steps. To resolve this issue, please revise your app to use in-app purchase to pay for this type of transaction or remove these transactions from your app. To which Damas responded, quote, their suggested fix is to use Apple Pay. Sure, I'll use Apple Pay when it supports censorship-resistant peer-to-peer payments to anyone in the world. Maybe start with peer-to-peer first, end quote. So to emphasize this again, Zapping someone's note on Noster does not mean you are receiving digital content. The content is already there, freely shared. The zap is an opt-in action that is voluntarily taken. It's obvious that Apple is wanting their 30% piece of the pie of in-app transactions, and they're hiding behind this whole receiving digital content narrative in order to get what they want. Regardless, Will updated Damas to remove the zap button from post in the latest version, and it was approved by Apple, so at least there's that. And to quote Will, had to remove the tip button to stay on the App Store. I will still build Damas on iOS as a vanilla Noster client, but if you want to zap posts, Apple says nah. If you're not familiar with Noster, 
Noster stands for Notes and Other Stuff Transmitted by Relays. It's an open, decentralized protocol like Bitcoin or TCP IP, on top of which any number of applications can be built. Right now, the primary applications we're seeing are for censorship-resistant social media, but there's a whole lot more that can be done on top of this. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Now, perhaps you're a super smart reply guy and you're thinking, not very censorship-resistant if Apple can threaten to ban it from the App Store. Gotcha! And to which I would respond that Damas is only one Noster client. There are dozens of others, like the web clients Primal.net, Iris.2, and Snort.social, or the Android client Amethyst. Damas is just the most popular mobile client because people love iPhones, and it's a damn good app. Luckily, Noster is like the Hydra from Greek mythology. If you cut off one head, two more will grow in its place. The CCP already banned Damas months ago, but that hasn't stopped freedom-loving citizens of China from choosing to use Noster. I sincerely hope that Apple will change their mind and realize the idiocy of this decision, but I'm not holding my breath. I guess their Think Different slogan is officially dead. I ended this show discussing Noster because I believe it's going to play a huge role in Bitcoin adoption moving forward. I've talked to several individuals who had never held or spent Bitcoin until they joined Noster. They'd just heard of it, probably through the normal mainstream media channels. But now, with Noster, they've started using Bitcoin every day. They went straight from no-coiner to Bitcoin maximalist. And this is powerful. I give thanks to the open source developers like Will and many others on both Bitcoin and Noster who are building solutions on top of these open protocols. We need more of you. Thank you for everything you do. And that is a wrap on the first episode of the Bitcoin podcast. Bitcoin is scarce. There will only ever be 21 million, but Bitcoin podcasts are abundant. So thank you for spending your scarce time to listen to another fucking Bitcoin podcast. Until next time, stay free.